Hey, Fish, guess what? We are live, and it's it's so good to see you. I was so worried about you. How did you get through that first Sunday without real football? There, this, there's, it's a lithium drip. It's an IV that goes, <laughs> that stands in back of you, and it goes into your left arm. And when you're, whatever you're doing, your laconic look is like this. <laughs> With spittle going down the side of your cheek. That's what I did. I mean, look. Went and got sushi with my son and my granddaughter. Uh, my daughter-in-law went out of town with some friends, and we sat there, and the Pro Bowl's on in the restaurant. And I said, God, fuck's sake, the Legion's packed. And so we started watching a little bit, eating at the thing there, and, and uh, having some California rolls and spicy eggplant, and boom, I got sucked into the Pro Bowl. So I, I did watch a little football. And I, was, I was entertained by what I saw. It was a better product than what the league had uh, put put out the last few years, which was 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 tackle football without tackling. I watch the uh, I watch golf. Um, I watch all college basketball. But you now, look, when you're an NFL junkie like me, just it, it, not, it's it's that hard. It's that hard. What are you going to do? So you get that lithium. What did you do? Uh, you know, about the same thing, you know, and, and our, our viewers, listeners are going to say, wait a minute, you guys said you weren't watching it at all. And I had no intention of watching it. But my wife, Terry, did. So we did actually watch it. Now, I also, at the same time, too, did almost the exact same thing. I mean, you and I are like twins. I watched the AT&T from Pebble Beach at the same time. We have new streaming in the house now, so I had plenty of devices all over the place. So I could do that. I could care less, though, about the flag football game. I mean, eh, did I kind of I kind of looked up, but I was really watching the golf. Um, but my wife, Terry, made a great point. She says, you actually see the players without their helmets, and they're having fun. Now, granted, for football aficionados like you and me, it's 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 not for us. But for people who want some entertainment and to see these guys in a different frame, I think it worked. We don't know what the ratings are yet, but like you were saying, there was a lot of people at Allegiant Stadium. There was sold out, and I know tickets between I think it was thirty thirty five dollars. Very 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 fan friendly. And a lot of families there. And, and Terry's exactly right. You saw their faces. You saw them wearing hats and having fun and making athletic plays. And if they're good actors, it seemed like Peyton and Eli Manning, both coaches and, and Manning, the AFC, and Eli, the NFC, they took this thing really seriously. I was wrong. I told you on the phone this morning that I think each player made 15 and 10. The winning side player got 84,000. The loser got 46,000. It's insane. No more, you're not, you know what you're going to see? And I could put a, a wrap on that. You're never going to see guys pull out of the Pro Bowl because of not wanting to play because they're having fun. They're in Vegas. You get a free ride. You're not going to get injured. Not going to get a concussion. And they had a lot of fun playing the game. And you know what? Probably in 25 years, that could, that's what the NFL could look like. It might. It might. Absolutely. Hey, a couple of other quick things, too. I noticed the uh, there's a lot of ads for the XFL. They kick off after the Super Bowl. How much of the XFL are you going to watch? All of it. I'm buying season tickets. I'm uh, they're sold out at Cashman. Cashman only Cashman Field is an old minor league park here in Las Vegas, downtown. Uh, John's covered events there, and it, it retrofits well for football. It's about ten thousand, but I know there's thirty thousand fans in St. Louis that have bought tickets. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you're not a football fan, if you're one of these guys that denies football, look look at just I, I, look. I'll start with this. There's not there's not room for two leagues. USFL starts in April. And the XFL starts a week after the Super Bowl. But the USFL was so popular last year, 
Fox and NBC gave it a two-year extension for TV. So the XFL started up, and ESPN and ABC, the outlets that are showing this, gave them $300 million. And The Rock and his ex-wife are, are uh, Danny, I forgot, Danny Garcia are the commissioners. Rod Woodson's a coach. You're going to recognize all the coaches in this league. You're going to recognize some players, but I'm big on minor league football because not every guy gets drafted and gets a chance. Okay. You're going to watch the USFL come April? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, right. Cool. Just want to make sure. Well, uh, let me ask you that. Let me tell you this. There was four guys in the Pro Bowl that, that played in the, in the uh, USFL last year. Yeah. Never would have gotten a chance. So, I mean, you know, if, if there, I would watch minor league golf, but there was a, a golf circuit that had all the top prospects that didn't get a chance to make the cut, make the PGA Tour, and they worked their way. When they, well, isn't that a great story if a guy that plays on a minor league golf circuit yeah. somehow wins a major? It's great. Yeah, I go to minor league baseball games, so I've, I've, I've seen minor league games, so, so I'm with you on that. All right. Hey, folks, welcome to Daily Fish, coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fish Snyder, and we also have The Hardline with John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast, all of his sports betting advice. Now, Hardline is not going to be with us today, but we're going to have some of his comments and suggestions as well, and we will have him Friday for some Super Bowl bets and props. Now, if you got questions or comments, drop them in the chat box, or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, some big news in the NBA. Kyrie is going to the Mavs. Uh, the Nets in return got Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick and two second-round picks. Uh, we got some, actually some takes from the hard line on this. Uh, he says this doesn't make Dallas a top-two team. Do, do you agree with that? I just love those names, Spencer Dinwiddie. What's the other guy's name? Give it to me again. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, and just atop my head, and Spencer Dinwiddie sound like two members of the English Parliament that are there to discuss whether or not <laughs> they should do better roads in the Brighton Beach section of London. Um, uh, I'm not too familiar. I'm not too familiar with those players. I'll be honest with you. Um, going into the season with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, the Brooklyn Nets were favored to go to the championship. Now, I don't think they are. Now, Durant's going to want to leave. I disagree with Hardline. I think with Luka Doncic, who's one of the top probably one of the MVP candidates in Dallas, I think Kyrie Irving, you know, forget about him thinking the earth's flat and he thinks that, uh, you know, the vaccination is, is racial and all that crap. It's a great player. And it's going to help Dallas. The West is loaded. Denver's great. Phoenix is great. The Clippers are great. The Lakers will make a run. So there's, gonna, there's a lot of great teams in the West. Dallas just jumped into that great elite part of the uh, of the West. Golden State will make a run. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dallas is only nine games out, if you think right. about it. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. I, th I think Kyrie and Luka would be a great combo together. Um, you know, what's really interesting, too, is that if you if you look at there are 10 teams that are only five games apart from the third spot uh, to about the 13th spot. So I got to think. And, and one of the things Hardline said, he, he thought that the Nets were going to start exploring some trades for KD, for Kevin Durant as well. I think in the next few days before that trade deadline on Thursday, I think you're going to see some more blockbusters coming up because there's a lot of teams there that could make hay, get themselves a better spot in the conference, especially the Western Conference, and get themselves going. And I got to think there's some teams in the East that are going to, you know, the Celtics might be looking at something. What, what do you think? The Celtics are loaded. I'm looking at the Lakers. The Lakers are let known. Let let the uh, the buyers out there know that they might put Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook on the auction block. 
And I can see those two guys in a number one. Can you imagine Lakers got Kevin Durant? And the, if there's enough egos left at the door for him and LeBron James and Anthony Davis to, to throw a ball in a hoop, they automatically go to the top of the West. I agree with you a thousand percent. There's going to be some great action in the hot stove leaving the NBA and league uh, part of the NBA coming up shortly. But this started it off. It's, it, this was a big one. Yep. And we'll be watching it now. Uh, that leads us to this. Now, despite the big trade news in the NBA and some great upsets this past weekend in college hoops, Purdue actually lost to Indiana. It was a great game, by the way. Um, but college hoops and NBA hoops, they're not buzzing, even during the football off week. What, what, what's with that, Fish? What do you think? You only go by the talking heads. If you watch Fox Sports 1 show, CBS Sports Network, I watch ESPN shows. Of course, Good Morning Football is not going to talk about it. It's all about the NBA. NBA gets some play. But it's about the trades and controversies and, and officiating. The NFL is king right now. And it's, you know, the Super Bowl is coming up. You got a great matchup. But still, you think you hear, you always heard, at least on CBS sports outlets, a lot about college basketball because they cover the tournament. And even when they, you know, you heard Jim Nance yesterday doing the golf, nothing. I, I, I saw very little talk about, and they will, they'll talk during the golf tournament about uh, March Madness coming up. I, I actually saw did you I, I saw a lot of um promos for the Masters, which is in April. Yeah. So, what I get, which I get. I don't know, I can't tell you why. I'm a big, big, big tournament guy. I don't follow it like you do. You you know, you went to Providence and they're great. And I went to the University of Texas, they always seem to let me down. But you have no, some I mean, right UCLA. The, the Pac twelve is loaded. Pat the UCLA's back to where they were. Uh, and, and they've been a fun, you know, they they had a great run the last couple of years. Arizona's good. Washington's good. USC is good. I'm following it, but it seems like the major outlets aren't. My, my gut tells me the majority of people, once the Super Bowl is over, they're going to start really concentrating on college basketball because you got the conference championships coming up and that rolls right into it. And that's when people get really, uh, I think, pumped up about it. So I think that's him. But Here's the other thing that I'm seeing, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm reading, and I know you and I are going to talk about this in upcoming shows, but pro basketball, pro hockey, and pro baseball, um, they're, they're regional sports. They're not the NFL. Um, and here's what's going on. There are regional sports TV networks that are going bankrupt. Now, these networks pay a license fee to these teams, to the NBA, to the NHL, and also to Major League Baseball. They pay a license fee to these teams to air their games. Those license fees are gone. Those teams are going to be in a lot of trouble. So there's going to be some big revenue problems, I think, for a lot of these teams in the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. So kind of watch that. I think that's coming up uh, really, really soon. Go ahead. I agree. What I disagree with you is that people will watch. I learned just by, by uh, reading the tea leaves of my customers and friends of mine, Inner Circle, People that are pro sports fans and, and have never went to college don't follow college like they do, like like they do the pros. It's you're because you're you're into your team. You went to Providence, I went to Texas. They they the, the if you don't go to college, sometimes they follow the pros more. And football fans are football fans. Diehard Raider fans don't give a shit about basketball than ones that I know. So they well, just know. I would agree with you on that. The only exception would be my father-in-law, Dave, who we talked about on the last show. He, he didn't go to college. He eventually, he was, he was a worker in the Ford plant and, and, and rose up there and, and did very well. When he moved to Carolina, what he, what he did was he, he, he was a big college basketball fan, but he didn't know who, who to be a fan of. 
And he had a lot of friends who were either fans of the Tar Heels or the Wolfpack. So he became a Duke fan just to agitate them. And he became a really big Duke fan. So he's one of the few. But I agree with you. I, I, I think if, if you haven't been to college, and again, I'm going to go back to what I said originally. Those, those other sports, including college basketball, are not like the NFL. The well, college basketball not, teams are even more regional. That's what I would say. You got to ask yourself, and this trend happened in 85. We talked about this on a, on a show we did in July of 2021. I remember we talked about how the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball up until 1985 were equal. And then the NFL went up like that. Maybe that started the trend. I want, I'm going to ask you this question because you're such a media uh, guru. Then maybe with the, with the advent of 86 of, of the Internet coming out with Steve Jobs, maybe as we got more instant gratification, the 16 games, the one game, and phones and stuff like that. People started, you know, what? 162 games. I, I have my phone. I can go. I, I, who cares, you know? But football, every game is monumental. Same with college basketball. You only played 32 games. The problem I have with college basketball is not the game itself. It's phenomenal, and the tournament's phenomenal. And I, we talked last week about your father-in-law Dave, who sounds like a, a preacher in real life, and then gets in front of TV. What the fuck's going on? It was great. The problem with college basketball that bothers me the most is the one and done rule that a guy can go there for one year and go to the pros and you, you can't build any, it's hard to build continuity. I, I remember uh, Lonzo ball, UCLA was building a, a powerhouse and Lonzo ball. He didn't even go to class and he admitted it took underwater basket weaving and he went there for one year and he, and, and we, and everyone knew that how do you change that? You know, and, and college football is you have to play three years, you know? Yeah. Um, and, the one and, and done the, thing. The, the, either you do this in college basketball. Don't don't let him go because I'll name I'll name two guys, the two greatest players in the NBA history, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Never played a down, never played a dribble the ball in college. Just go back to that. Just going to college for one year is horseshit. I don't know why they do it. Do you know why they do that? I I I think primarily just to bring the money and at least to get them into into the uh, into college for one year, but. Why? Um, they're not going to school. They're not, they're good. They're there. It's, it's a rule. It's only there because these guys that do this know their agents say that, they, 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 and it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big sham. You're, you're, and you're taking a kid that you're giving them a scholarship. They're not, they're not there to go to school. Okay. So that's another subject for another time, but the college game is great. And you know, everyone has their own likes. I mean, I look, I'll watch ba baseball's coming up soon, but I get into baseball at the very beginning of the season. Then, you know, the lithium drip, Dixon, I start watching USFL, arena football's coming back, uh, XFL, golf. It's a lot to watch, but it's a high of football. You wait eight months for it, and then it's it's over. Yeah. It's like a it's it's like you know, a girl that you that you that you date for eight months and she finally gives it up to you, and then it's yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but the thing is, is if you you know, a Yankees Red Sox series, okay, I'm gonna watch it, but that's three days of watching it to watch the Patriots and the Jets or the Patriots and the Bills, that's three hours and it's got me and I'm there. So that's that's the difference of the NFL compared to the other. Well, the other, other, other sports, and we say this all the time, the other sports you have 82 games, baseball you have 162. Lombardi had the greatest line ever. He said, if you go 0-4 to start a season in football, a lot of your coaches could be looking for jobs. You go 0-4 in baseball, who cares? You can recover yeah. from that. Easily, easily. All right. Hey, what's with the stories about sports networks doing interventions with announcers? There was a story about CBS trying to get Tony Romo to study more before going on the air. 
what's, what's your take on that fish? I, I, I was a big Romo guy. I mean, I, you know, wow, he got $18 million after that first $2 million contract. And it just seems like he's not prepared. One thing I do to you that you can never do, and I don't want to do it, is, you, is when you over-talk the person. You, don't, you, know, you, you, you take their line. And I'm trying, I'm trying to rehab myself. I need an intervention. Maybe more lithium. <laughs> Romo was all over Jim Nance in that last game uh, between Kansas City and Cincinnati. And he just was mumbling and bumbling. And, and it, one thing that made him so popular was his design of a play and saying, Jim, what you would do in this situation on a third and eight is watch Jerry Cook go over the middle of the tight end. That's where they want to go. And then they do it. And you hear Nance go, wow. Now, he wasn't always right, but he gave you an insight as an analyst that you never saw before. He's gone away from that, and if CBS is doing that, because, look, I'll tell you guys a free agent who can get out. If you, We talked about this last week. Uh, Greg Olson, who's going to lose his number, number one job with Kevin Burkhart to Tom Brady, he can get out of that contract. You know, I don't, I don't know what, if, if – you, you tell me. I don't know if announcers' jobs are guaranteed, but there's some, there's some concern that, that, that Romo could have lost it a little bit. I think he can recover. He's still, he's still got a personality, but, you know, look, I, you know what, uh, John, to be honest with you, when I watch a game, I, I turn the sound off a lot because I can't stand some of the guys that, that – the, the guys that do the Raider games, if it's Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta or it's, you know, Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon, whoever, they don't know the Raiders as well as I do. They're there Friday. They do their research teams, but they don't know the, what I know as far as following the team every day. So sometimes they piss you off. You understand? No, I get it. Um, and uh, I agree with you. I, you know, my mother-in-law, Sarah, she turns it off. She, she doesn't listen to any of the announcements. She'd just rather watch the game on her own. And I, I, I get that as well. Interesting thing, CBS denies that story about sitting down with, you know, Romo and talking. They said they sit down with all of their announcers and analysts before the season. I agree with you 100%. I was a big Romo fan at first because he was. He was calling audibles. And he was calling the audibles in the play. And it was like it was really good. I'm just wondering if he's got too much going on now and maybe he's not paying attention like he did before, but he's, he's what about three years removed from being a quarterback. So he's not probably five. in the, in the room. Is it five years? Yeah, so what, he's not in the room going over, you know, going over video. Like he should be. That was one of the things I loved about John Gruden. John Gruden could take you into the room, even when he was a broadcaster and he went through it. And that's where I thought he was brilliant. Uh, John Gruden used to drive me crazy with, I love this guy. Yeah, I love this guy. Tony Gates, I love this guy. He loved every, every player when, when yeah. he did it. But you're right. And he had that enthusiasm and he had that energy when he did it. And so does Tony Romo. But what does Romo else have going on? He gets paid $17 million. He doesn't do golf. For, CBS has the least amount of events. He doesn't do the tournament. He doesn't do golf. And they have the NFL. And they have college football. And their main, their main is Gary Danielson and, and Brad Nessel. What? He's on all these commercials. Ah, that's not okay. When you work for Fox, what Brady's going to learn when he works for Fox, they're going to have him do pre-NASCAR. They're going to have him do a lot of stuff. Fox moves their people around like ESPN does. The only two announcers I've ever seen work for ESPN that haven't been given other assignments is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And now Buck's going to start doing baseball. He wants yeah. to. They have baseball. Yeah. He's going to do golf for them. Now, Romo does the least amount of any announcer that's an analyst for any network. So he does commercials, big deal. He goes in there, shoots a Corona commercial for, for, for a day and a half and sits in, sits in his trade on East Danish. Come on. <laughs> so we'll, see. We'll, we'll, we'll check that out. Absolutely. All right. Now it's time for those 
fishy memes. Okay, fish, what visuals did you hook for us this week? Check this out, man. This is great. This is true. <laughs> it's a man's beauty contest from 1919. I don't, I, I couldn't even imagine that that's the best they have to offer. Okay. That's great. I mean, you, wow. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, there's not a, there's not a guy that has a six pack ab in there. Um, there's you no, could tell they tools. did not, they did not participate in world war one. That, or I, you know what? I, I let me ask you this, you, you know, you're more learned than I am. Did they have gyms back then? Back in the 1900, did they have you know, workout rooms? Did they at least do cardio and did they have abs uh, or do uh, push-ups and sit-ups? Because you could you could gain a great six-pack and build up your your uh, your pecs by just doing push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah, uh, I think they had gyms for the very wealthy. I don't think there was gyms for for everybody, and there was probably you know because the military that was right around the time when you know we entered World War. One in 1916, 1916 to 1919, and so I got, and that's where really when our military apparatus started really kind of growing, and uh, so it could have been at that point, but uh, but yeah, they they look kind of they look kind of sloppy, that's for sure. Here's a here here's a in, in tribute to what we talk about all the time, we scatological humor uh, for no. our, our learning impaired. That means taking dumps. Because John and I are, are really, really well, well endowed in in our metabolisms. Check this out. Look, these are all just oh look God. at the top guy, the top kid, the toilet man. I keep a toilet in your house like that. You can't put a, a booster seat in there to take a, a take a shit. That's bad. I, I, I'm not into that. <laughs> Horrible. This is when your prom date goes bad. All right. Oh, I mean, perfect. The poor guy. The poor guy's wearing dark sunglasses, and that's his date. I don't know if that's a bucket. To give money so they can get a proper outfit. I don't know what the hell that is. So let's go some other. I got a few more. That I, I got some. Uh, <laughs> all right. Name the movie. Remember this? Uh, I don't. know. There was a classic cult film called The Warriors in 1979. About a gang in New York that's just, that all the gangs get together. And, and then the head of the gangs of all of New York gets shot. And they have to make their way back to Coney Island. And every gang's after them. He, this gang was called the Yankees, and they had baseball bats and roller skates, and they went after them. I said, wow, I have to show that because it's one of those films that always comes on. If you watch it, uh, Michael Beck's in it, David uh, – oh, God, um, one of the kids, Kelly. Last name's Kelly. He's in every, a lot of guys that are in this made it big, and this was like a, a probably a $20,000 budget. And wow. then the final one I'm going to show you is this is the look on Mark Davis's face when he found out Tom Brady retired. <laughs> oh boy that's our means buddy all right and folks thanks for joining us here on daily fish we talk sports entertainment politics and everything in between just like you do no woke no extreme no social justice cops here you got a problem with us no you don't but if you do send comments and questions to dailyfish1 at gmail.com all right, it is time now for Schmuck Swag and Drinks. Fish, who gets the Daily Fish Schmucky Award this week? I don't have a, I don't have a uh, an icon for you because it, it, it's it's a student body. Was it Colorado State, John? Yep. So they're playing a, a game, basketball game, and, the, and and another kid in the other team is Ukrainian, and they're screaming Russia, Russia, Russia. I'm all about hazing. And, you know, playing that and, and, and trash talking. 
that's that's outright rude, and the kid was affected by it. And you know what? I, I and, and I and I can't stand this this stupid ass excuse. Well, they were drunk. Okay, it's like I love it when a guy gets into an accident in his car, gets a DUI. Well, I was drunk. Fuck yeah, you were drunk. You know, it's not an excuse. I I just I, I look. I, I I make fun of John, and I'm a trash talk like anybody else. But there there there's a fine line. Yeah, the kid was from um, Utah State, um, and he he admitted he was he was pretty upset. But I, I'll, I'll give credit to Colorado State; they they went and apologized, and the Colorado State coach apologized. And it wasn't the entire stadium; it was just a group of no, it was, it was a group. But it happens too yeah. often. It happens in you know Steve Kerr for the University of Arizona back in the day. Remember Steve Kerr is a coach at the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I was I'm, I'm gonna go I'm going back in the history timeline. When he played at University of Arizona, it's the free throw line, and Arizona State students are saying, "How's your dad? His dad died two days earlier. How's your pops? Where's your, you know?" Wow. And he was physically shaken, and Lou wow. Olson pulled him off. Then, you know, I, wow. I, 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 don't get me going on this. It's, yeah. it, it's fucking crazy how stupid some people are and insensitive. You know, where's your civility? You want to talk about civility? Where's how's your dad doing? The guy, the kids, the guy, kids yeah. playing a game in honor of his dad because his dad's in his deathbed. Go play that big game. You're playing Arizona State, your rival, and all the, and that was a lot of kids in the student body saying that. How's your dad? How's your? Wow. They had they had signs up, and wow. Steve Kerr handled like a man, and so did the University of Arizona. Arizona State apologized. That doesn't mean shit when you apologize. That's like the NFL when they blow a call, calling the Raiders and saying, "We're sorry, we blew that call. It cost you the game." What are you gonna do? Play the game over? No. Yeah, and that's why they're schmucks. There we go. Right. All right, our smucker of the week. Okay. Who we got to be celebrating now, Fish? Who's got the swag this week? I usually show these as memes when I talk about schmucky people. But I'm telling I have these. This is swag when it comes to um, things you do in your life, your decisions that you make. Even though you might look schmucky, to me, you got swag. Look at this. Is that great? <laughs> that Shrek. You know, you talk about we're in the LBGT and all that stuff and crossed and, 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 and cross races. Now we have... Now we, we have Shrek found the perfect mate. That's great. I love that one. <laughs> Look at this. Lost, lost unicorn. unicorn. It found, please stop doing drugs. Swag. <laughs> it's swag. To me, if you make someone laugh, it's swaggy. Look at this one. I'll be dead soon. It's a snowman. <laughs> Don't melt. And you know what? If you go out in public looking like this, John, then if you dress like that, you got swag. I mean, absolutely. You, it means that you're safe in your own skin. You have a lot. You have good self-confidence and good self-esteem. I mean, that dog any minute is not going to claim that guy and run away, but that's that. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. If you go out, oh, it kind of looks like nice. your father-in-law. At least he's wearing a he mask. Does. He could look dog. like Dave. He does. Yeah. 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 Well, that's Dave after he lost his money. He on all those games of Caesar Palace a few years back. So you're going to go to Walmart, dress like that, and they allow you. Look at that. You know, I bet you he's got a pair of pumps on to match that clutch purse around his thing. But that, <laughs> hey, swag. And here's, hey, this is the ultimate swag. Ronald McDonald. Mick, fuck, you looking at it. <laughs> you know, we we look at McDonald's as, a, as, a, as an American icon, a fast food place that's been around for, what, 60, 70 years. Ronald's yeah. probably got. He's probably got some Dos Hombres Mezcal in that glass right now. And he's just saying, you know what? I'm done selling hamburgers and Big Macs and Quarter Pounders and cheese. Go after yourself. That's swag. 
There we go. All right. So we're going to toast all of them with our drink of the week. And uh, speaking of which, what are we sipping? Tell folks. Well, you, 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 you know, when we had Brian Cranston on a few weeks ago, you said that you put his Dos Hombres Mezcal in coffee. All right. So I have um, Mezcal here. It's not Dos Hombres because, you know, Brian, Brian's product is, is, is very expensive. He's going to send us a, a couple of bottles, but, you know, he forgot about us, but he, he won't in, in the future. So I took some mezcal. I poured it in my cup. I put some coffee. And you know what I did? I put a little French vanilla creamer in there. Unreal. Yes. You, get the, you, get the, you get the buzz from the coffee. You get the, the pick-me-up. But the kick afterwards, it's great. So this is just regular mezcal and coffee. You can get it at Chuck's Tavern or any other establishment you go to. But Chuck's Tavern uh, uh, or tequila, you know. Um, Trace Generations, very popular tequila. Yeah. Uh, John Daly got us started on this thing. Dos Ombres, whatever you want to do, make sure it's got a little agave in it. Boom. Hey, I got to tell you, too, um, I was I was going to tell you, put some French vanilla cream in it. And that's exactly what I have. They, you're right. We're, we're, t- we're, we're attached at the hip, brother. That was not scripted, people. I, I put French vanilla cream. I got it. Oh, it's great. Coffee, the Coffee Mate. We're going to do a little plug. Coffee Mate French vanilla creamer. Mezcal or tequila and just regular black coffee. It's a winner. Wow. Also, if you want to check out our interview with uh, Brian Cranston, again, it's on uh, YouTube. We also did one with him a year and a half ago. And Cranston actually did another drink for us called the Cranstonian. And he did it with his mezcal and he did it right on the air with us. So if you get a chance, take a look at that. Hey, folks, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town in Vegas. Guess who's there? Fish is there. He's there overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. And again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We are on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Also subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV. And check out our post and news updates on Twitter and Facebook as well. We're also going to have a show this Friday with the Hardline to get you your Super, your Super Bowl sports bets and props. Plus, we'll be back here next Monday to wrap up the Super Bowl for you as only we can. We've got a busy time. All right, Fitz, let's, uh, let's talk about... Unexpected, raunchy binge watching in your own home, and so give me some unexpected, eye-popping moments in your TV room while you're either with your wife Vicky, or you're you're with Max, your son, or you're with your parents. Well, my, I talked to my grand my grandmother came to stay with us. You know, eighty five years old, and she's from the old school. And we put on <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. We talked about that, and there's a scene where Nicholas Cage goes, "I want to go down on you," and her face goes. That's that. And I had to explain it to her. I said to my wife, Vicky, tell her. <laughs> and that? Oh, my God. I haven't done that in six years. You know, um, I like to research shows because my wife is really bad on violence. She's not good with violence. But shows that have sexual innuendo and sexual stuff in there, it's great. Maybe after being married so long, you learn something. Harlots, I talked about on a show when we used to do uh, the binge watching segment. It's a show on Hulu and it takes place. Pre, uh, basically around the Revolutionary War in England, and it's about men's pursuit of hookers. And you can't understand a word they're saying. It, 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 it's like, 
you don't go down to the freaking road and your dogs are out of that. And I found out uh, <laughs> on the captain it says he's trying to get fifty, pay fifty bucks for a hand job. You know, it, it's great. I, I go through a lineage of stuff. When I watch Conan, Conan, uh, the movie Conan the Barbarian, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Earl Jones, whenever they went to attack Tulsa Doom, did you ever notice the major orgies that were going on? It's 1982, and I'm saying to myself, I wasn't married then. I'm saying, Conan, jump in that. So all you hear is, oh, oh. Like, there's a scene, 82. You see women's heads and men's crotches and opposite. And it, there's violence in the background. Then comes the innuendos of Sex in the City. Great show with, yeah. uh, you know, uh, what's Brother's wife and then Kim Cattrall. Great cast. They all made it great. Nine and a half weeks was groundbreaking with Mickey Rourke and, and King Basinger. Yeah. Okay. okay, and then you watch these. Then then you watch a show called Brid My Wife Likes Bridgerton. Yeah, it's about this elitist of England. The whole show is that they get set up with other elitists. And there's one episode in season one where this prim and pristine uh, Bridgerton marries the Duke, and all they do for half the show is have sex everywhere on a toilet, on the stairs. You see her head in his lap. You see his head in his lap, bouncing up and down. I mean, you see, hand, I, I could not believe the, throughout the rest of the series, you never saw sex like this. So it's fun watching it with your wife, watching their expressions, hoping they learn something. What about you, John? <laughs> what did you watch on the Learning Channel? <laughs> well, um, so my, my question is, is if, if you were single, would you be inviting some woman you wanted to date over to watch Bridgerton? Hell yeah. Okay. I, I, are you kidding me? You mean, let me tell you something about Eric Snyder. Whenever I went to a movie with a woman on a first date, I always saw the movie first. So in case we had to make out or have sex in the theater or a drive-in movie, I didn't miss a goddamn thing. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay. No one taught me that. I learned that. I'm willing to spend the $3, whatever it cost back then. I never saw a movie. And all my aunt's girlfriends, I, I, and I, you know, you get promiscuous in, in, in the theater. I took girls to porno films. That was big in the 70s. Oh, my wow. God. The, the Pussycat Theater in Hollywood? Softcore porn. It was. I mean, it was. There was a lot of movie theaters that had softcore porn. We we did. I saw Stallone, an Italian stallion. Yes. Okay. No uh, but I'm a sick fuck. Okay. Yeah. Right. But it's yeah. just the 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 basic of this basis conversation is sometimes you get stuck watching something and you think it's great and you think it's going to be adequate for for a PG audience and wow, here comes these scenes and you wow. can't escape it. It's like to watch my wife's face. Bridgerton was great. It was a great. Two years yeah. series, phenomenal. But whenever yeah. they showed sex after that, John, it was always after the fact. The lead characters in bed with the girl, it's after the sex or having a cigarette, you know. But for one scene, you show the 16-year-old girl and she's getting laid everywhere and eating and sucking. It was great. I'm getting excited right now. Here, give me some, okay. some coffee. Have some coffee. Have some coffee. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, when when we were bringing up this topic, mine mine was Bridgerton as well. Uh, another one, though, um, is uh, there's two Showtime series. One was called The Borgias, yeah. Jeremy Irons. Uh, it was about the, you know, the, the ruling family that overtook the Vatican and became Pope. And it was all about murders and orgies back then. And then another one that was really sexy was The Tudors. It was about Henry VIII with his many wives. And that had a lot of stuff in there where you're kind of like you're watching and kind of going like, OK, are you OK with it? You all right? You know, so. So there are some there. Okay. So what are you what are you uh, binge watching now, Fish? I just got done with season four of Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. It's it's an Israeli series about 
an elite unit of the Mossad that goes after Hamas and Hezbollah. And it doesn't go like you think it does. Israel doesn't always win. And you get into the lives of both. It's so good. It, Lior Raz, who's the lead actor, is executive producer, writer, creator of this thing. And you get, you get into the lives of the Palestinians and the Israelis and find out that they're pretty, that they're families and they both, they both have different agendas. Israel's trying to exist and Palestine thinks that they're being, you know, uh, occupied and it is absolutely brilliant. Wow. Wow. I got to watch that. That sounds really good. Uh, I'm actually going back to a series about 10 years ago. It's called Big Love. And you're going to see why I'm doing it in the next segment. This is about an kind of out of mainstream Mormon family that still practice polygamy. The late Bill Paxton, great actor. Uh, he had the lead in it. Unfortunately, he passed away. So doing a remake is going to be kind of difficult of that. But there is some talk about it happening. And so we're just going to have to see about that. But um, the show had Terry and me hooked here. And I think one of the reasons was because we kind of lived near the Mormon era, even though we don't we didn't have any Mormon friends that were doing that. But uh, did the scenes have sex in it? Yeah, they did. You know, not not like Bridgerton, but they but they did. Um, but I want to go back and see how it might play 10 years later. And I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. But first, folks, you need a great golf getaway. The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. Set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, and a bunch of friends. And we are coming into the perfect time of year to be in the Carolinas. Tea times, rooms, and restaurants are filling up fast. So head to this site, MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. And yes, you can play here year-round. I don't know about sex on the golf course, so Fish, is that what you're going to ask? No, Bill Bill Paxton passed away because the three women that he banged on that show, one was Chloe Savigny, Gene Triplehorn, yep. I can't the other, they're so drop-dead gorgeous. And you remember yep. the Gene Triplehorn was like the head of the, of the, of the, there's always a one woman that's the head of the, of the, of the, uh, of the wives. And he'd yep. meet her at hotels, you know, and the other one yep. got jealous because they thought that he's having too much sex with her. You know, I, I, I don't know, maybe in another life, but that, that's, <laughs> if you can make that work. And you have three gorgeous wives like that. Yeah, no lithium drip. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the reason why I mentioned Big Love. Um, and, and, and another reason I went back to it. We're reading a lot about polygamy couples now living together. They're not Mormon. They're just, they're people in other religions. And they're living together and they're living together with their kids. And the kids are joining in on the marriage, not on the sex, but it's the, the parents who are having sex and they're having kids and they're creating these families that are living together. Um, what, what, what do you think about that? Isn't this a wonderful country? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, is it legal? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think technically it is. Uh, I, I think that they actually have contracts where they kind of it, sign. It, thinks, it, it sounds like polygamists that are that, that are dealing with swingers. And if you can yeah. get away with it and it's legal, it's your right to do what you want. I mean, I'm the most sexually deviant man you've ever met in your life. But when the kids are involved on a serious note, they, I, what, it's always about when you have kids, what example are you leading? Yeah. You know, and I'm an idiot. And I, Matt, I've done things in front of Matt that are stupid and said stupid things. But the back of my head, you know, am, am I leading this kid right? Because you don't, and, and you try and teach your kid what not to do. If your kids are seeing that, okay, then you're then you're developing a bunch of whores and sluts. I, I I'm I'm serious, you know. Hey, hey, look, mom and dad are getting are getting laid every night, and they're 
and we, we knock on the door and we hear, uh, 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 you know, and yeah. what, what, if that was John, it knocked on the door, it'd be, hurry up. Roy McElroy's <laughs> in the ninth hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, th I think, I think the damage to kids could, could be, could be really tough. Uh, on the other hand, you know, eh, there's a recession coming. There's a lot of people that are moving out of cities. They're living in rural areas. Uh, you know, maybe it's better to have four parents raising kids rather than one. Also, I think there's a breakdown in traditional religion. I think people are looking for different different ways to cope with this changing world. I'm, I'm more into, I'm worried about the Kansas City Chiefs fans because there's a lot of inbreds that come from that area. They're toothless and, you know, there's a lot of fathers that say to their daughters, get off my back, you're squatching my smokes. And I, the, uh, seriously, when you when you watch the movie Deliverance and you hear about all these stories that go on the Appalachians, there, there's a lot of three-headed kids. There's a lot of there's a lot of incest that goes on. That bothers me more than this story about polygamy. You, you can't tell me that it, it's okay to sleep with your aunt and your daughter and your niece, and there's no one else out there for you to sleep with. I mean, that that to me, on a serious note, is absolutely nuts. That being said, John, I know that your uncle is also your brother and your yeah. son. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, can, can you play the banjo music as, as, as a background to everything you're talking about? You, you know, we haven't talked about that. One day, one day, I think next week, you just got me on something. We, we'll produce this. We'll do, we'll do a binge an old movie like we did Blazing Saddles. If you've never seen Deliverance, not only is it disturbing, but it is so well done, it takes yeah. over the disturbing. It really and does. I'm not gonna, Burt Reynolds, Ronnie Cox, Ned Beatty, the, the, the entire, the entire uh, uh, cast of that. And what John's talking about is four guys going on a river rafting trip way down in, in, in the, in the uh, shreds of Georgia on where they're, where if, if you have one tooth, you're doing good. And <laughs> they come across this inbred kid that's playing that they can play the banjo and plays the, uh, uh, the, uh, the lead, the lead song to the movie. But, that's what, that's what you're referring to, right, John? Deliverance? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I've got to level with you because um, you know who sent me that article about the polygamy? It was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. And the note said, ask Fish what he thinks. So are, would you and Vicky jump in with J-Lo and, and, and Ben? Yeah, hell yeah. As long as our, long as our swords didn't cross. You know, I have a problem with that, you know, because he, come on, it's Ben Affleck, you know, but you know what I'd do with Ben Affleck if I had the two girls, we'd be talking about, because he's such a great guy. Matter of fact, you, you brought the right guy. The guy's not only considered one of the greatest customers here in Las Vegas, but yeah. I would say to him, do you think the Red Sox have enough? You know, I can see my wife doing to him what she's done to me for 34 years and be, and between him, who and Hine. I would talk to him about the Patriots and the Red Sox, and he's a huge sports fan. J-Lo would, would be great because you just you just want to say, you know, you just want to walk up to Mark Anthony and go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, and I know she. Wait, 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 stop there. Stop. You can't get away with that. If it was Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt and Terry and John, would Terry go for that? If, as long as it was Brad Pitt, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, De definite. Um, all right. So 
the whole weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry to throw you for a loop. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Terry would go fine. Are you kidding? Brad Pitt? Yeah. So the whole weekend on the news was the Chinese balloon. It was shot down over the Carolina coast. Now, Fish, we, we had a number of friends who actually shot photos of it. I don't know if you have it there, but our friends, Greg and Rebecca, there it is. Greg and Rebecca from Sunset Beach. And that's right near where I am. It's right across the street from, from where my mother-in-law lives. Uh, and they actually shot this. This was after the balloon was shot down. This was Saturday afternoon. And um, I mean, that's all people were talking about. Fish, did you actually watch this on the news? I did, but uh, I, I, I was, you, you said to me, you're the one who broke the news to me. I said, this is in my backyard. And it, it was a big story. It, it is, is why, why, it's not so much to me that they shot it down. It's, it's more the fact the balls of the Chinese to do it. And the Chinese are pissed off that we shot it down. You've always said on previous shows and to me off air that the Chinese are the biggest threat to America, not Putin, not anyone else. Because if the Chinese lost 700 million people in an all out altercation with the United States, they still have almost double our population left. Okay. And for them to do this, I, I, I don't, first of all, that's that. Let me show you some of it. Before we get to the serious part of this, the Chinese just released one of the photos they got, okay? <laughs> okay, that's one of them. Look at that. Man, that's great. Here's the second one. So the, the Kardashians, the Kardashians also chimed in, and they had their own response. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my God. I'm sorry, Kim, Chloe, Courtney, but hey, it's all for fun. Let me ask you this. If um, does it bother you, like it bothers me, that the Chinese had the balls to do this? Was it one? And I'll let you have the whole floor too, because you know it's better. Was it one to do it because they could show their their legs and their balls, or two to test Biden? I I don't I don't think we know yet because I don't think we know what was in that balloon. And, you know, once we find out, or once if they tell us, you know, it could have been weather stuff, uh, you know, or it could have just been surveillance. I don't think it was weapons. I don't think they were going to do anything as far as attacking us. I think they were looking for surveillance. Um, so uh, were they testing Biden? Sure. I mean, they know that Biden's on a, on a slim edge as far as running the country. Xi Jinping doesn't have to worry about it. I mean, he's just put everybody into, uh, uh, you know, into prison camps as it is. Um, so, you know, we don't really know what it is, but, you know, for me, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm saluting Joe Biden, I, I think he needs to be applauded for waiting until it was over water to shoot it down because we don't we didn't really know what it is. And I think a lot of the attacks on him uh, about it, I think, are eh, they're, they're, they're kind of polarizing. Uh, I think we need to find out exactly what's going on. Um, you know, the well, military that's... didn't seem to be too, they weren't like, oh my God, let's bring it all out. It was kind of like, you know what? Let's wait till it gets over the water. We'll shoot it down. So let, let me ask you, go, go back to that. We have a lot of time to talk about this. We have 13 minutes and I, and I want to ask you something because I've always asked you this on the phone as a friend for all these years. When, when Obama took out bin Laden in 2010, the Republicans were not applauding when they took out the number one terrorist. Why is it when Republicans do something, the Democrats can't be happy? And then when the Democrats do this, the Republicans can't be happy. Are we that divided that when we take out a terrorist like bin Laden, when we do something like this, that was, I'm not the biggest Biden guy sometimes, but this was well thought out. 
and he has done great things. But when something happens that's monumental, like taking out a major, Bin Laden's the number one terrorist on the planet, number one the FBI's most wanted list. You take him out. I like, goddamn know this. If Obama would have failed, the Republicans would have been on his ass like they were on Jimmy Carter with that failed, remember that failed mission to get the uh, yep. hostages out? In Iran. Yeah, back in 1979 or 80. Why, yep. why can't we just be happy as Americans that we as Americans took something out? That's really concerns me moving forward as a nation. I can't remember if uh, Jimmy Carter took a lot of flack from the Republicans on that. And then at the same time, too, look what George Bush did during George W. Bush did during 9-11 and just after that. And, uh, you know, the Democrats lined up with him. I mean, they you know, we came together as, as a nation. We are just extremely polarized. I don't think we've been this polarized uh, ever. I mean, I can't you know, the only thing at time I can think of is probably not that we you and I were there, but uh, was right before the Civil War. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go one step further. Operation Warp Speed was to get a vaccination done, and it got done in the Trump Trump administration, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard Democrats say, "Well, he didn't. Well, he, 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 it was done by January of 2020, and the election was had already happened, but it was still mm-hmm. under his watch." And uh, you know, it, it here's the point: if someone does something, give them credit for it. Did he do anything with it? No. Biden did do something with it. And you can't force people to do what they're going to do. But I just, you know, and, and Biden did this. And there's, 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 why do you do it sooner? Why? There's just so much division. We have to be happy as a nation when something good happens for the nation. And, um, but, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Um, but I'm voting for sure. fish in 2024. Yeah, because I'm a better candidate than anyone out there. But that being said, I want to go back. I want to go back to, to 1980 and even Newt Gingrich and, and Clinton when the sides got together and did what's good for the yeah. country. Do you ever see that happening, John, in the near future that the two sides can get together and talk? And, and yeah, but things? not for not not for a while. Uh, I, I think it's going to I think we got another four to six years of this because there's just there's a you know, I, I see. You know, I see friends of mine who I think are decent folks. And, you know, the somebody posted a picture with Biden um, with the parachute over his head looking like a clown. And they said this, look what this clown did. And it's kind of like, I, I don't I don't know where you're getting that from. And these are from people that I consider, you know, friends and um, that I wouldn't you know, it's like you're you're entitled to your own opinion. Don't ask me about it because I'll tell you you're not really smart. Um, but we we're to the point now where we're just we're we're completely polarized, and I, I don't you know I don't get it. Um, and I do think there are, but and we talked about this last week when we were talking about the fact that uh, Trump is going to run again. Is that I think there's a fair amount of Republicans that are getting tired of him and would like to go back to. You know, we had John McCain and we had George W. Bush and we well, had, you know, you the breaking Romney news this morning. The breaking news during this show. The Koch brothers said that they're not endorsing Trump. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be Pence or Ron DeSantis. So the Koch brothers are I, they, you talk about wealth and they've always had a big, big hand in the Republican Party as far as financing and boot, basically their biggest boosters 
So we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen there. I, I, you know, I, I, I think that we're in for uh, an interesting year. We have to. We'll know. We'll be doing a show. We'll know real quick. You have to declare your candidacy by April, isn't that right? Because the New Hampshire primary is only eleven months away. That's it. Uh, we're less than oh, a year away from that. the first primary. What? Yeah, the first. Well, we don't know. The first primary could be in South Carolina, and New Hampshire says that they have to have. Their state law says they have to have. The first but it's in primary. January of 2024, and we're already yeah. February of 23. We're going to know in April whether or not Biden's going to run again. Mayor Pete's going to run again. Is Kamala going to run? Um, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, well, you know, this Biden's happens, running. Right? Late, I, right. I think I think Mike Pence is going to put together a uh, a team and try and run for president. I don't know if he's going to get anywhere, but. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, more fun to watch Republicans go at it because they're it's it's the Republicans against Trump, and Trump is still more popular than all of them. But you never know, you know. Um, the, when when the Koch brothers read it, it's on. It was, I saw I saw it on Facebook, but it was legitimate. Yeah, when if the Koch brothers don't 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 sponsor you, it, that that's a sign. Yep. No, that's a big sign. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, and again, I think a lot of the problems is that we, you know, we have a lack of education um, and you're seeing that as well. Talk about that. Yeah, I, I think the way that you get over um, anything, especially uh, the one thing I would really like to tackle before, if I could live in our 25 years, I'd be very lucky in my sixties. Um, if we could just get over racism and if we could just get over that it's not your agenda; it's all our agendas. The, we're all the DNA. We're we're all we all put. It's, it's a cliche, but I say every single time I talk to someone in the bar, if we're talking race relations, and it's not a good thing to talk about, but sometimes people open up to you, and you open up to them. Dialogue and education is a one way to defeat racism, and we're not educating people. If you're not educating people about certain things in the past and what goes on, and you listen to your friends and your family. You grow up to be that. I'll tell you this and I'll let you go on this. If you put five kids in a sandbox at five years old, an Asian kid, a black kid, a white kid, um, you know, a, a Filipino yeah. kid and an Hispanic kid, all they're worried about is who's going to get the shovel in the to put to, to make. They're, they're not looking at each other with any kind of predetermined stereotypes. It bothers me still to this day. That, and, it, and, and, and it's bullshit, too, that certain people say they can't be racist because they've been oppressed. Bullshit. Okay? If you're a racist, you're a racist. If you don't like okay. someone, that means you don't like the general population of someone, and you don't know everyone. Not everyone, not every Muslim is a member of Allah. Okay? There's, I have great Muslim friends that are Christian. Not Christian. They're great Muslim friends that don't believe in any of that. You know? It's... I don't know. I... I, I, I Maybe I'm preaching to the choir with you. But the one thing I want to see get done, they can help. When you watch science fiction movies, Star Trek. I was watching a Star Trek movie, and, and, and the, it, it, real quick, they go into the future. They go into the past, Captain Picard, that, that Star Trek crew. And the lady said, what's it like in the 24th century? And he goes, there's no monetary. We're all trying always better ourselves as people. And maybe... You'll learn something from us because they, they came from 300 years. There's no monetary. No, there was no caste system. When are we going to better ourselves now? Well, 
I, I think we're going to start. I, I do think technology is there, and I think that the, you know we're going to start seeing the majority of people are not just solid white people. And I'm not saying all white people are racist, but I'm saying that a lot of uh, a lot of where the racism is coming from is from people who are frightened to death that the white race is no longer going to be here, which to me is like ridiculous because I'm white, but I know I've got different type blood in me, even though my family came directly from the United States. But I, you know, traditionally, you know, I probably got, I probably have African blood in me. So it's like, why would you even look at that? But I think things are going to change in the next, I think the next four to six years, you'll start seeing things toning down. There's been racism since the beginning of time and technology, yeah. techno, technologically is not going to, techno, 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 technical, uh, uh, you know, technology getting better and giving you more water is not going to change the way people feel. People feel it's the same way we look at your athletes. I mean, when, think about this, John. To play a flag football game, all those guys got almost a hundred thousand dollars when they won. Okay, it's a lot of money. Built to make that in a year. And and you, you when you have a society where one percent of the wealth controls ninety percent of the people, yeah. you'll never ever ever have equality. You know, I don't get hunger. How can someone start? You know what McDonald's did during what you know what McDonald's did and Jack in the Box did when we shut down March 17th? Everything on their menu was a dollar. Yeah. Kudos to them. So yeah. if you lose your job or you shut down because of so you can go for ten dollars and it's shit food, but it's food to feed your family. Absolutely. Right? Keep you alive. And it, just looking out for fellow man. We don't do that. We don't we don't yeah. we don't do that anymore. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying about technology. What I'm saying is, is that you're seeing more intermarriage. You're seeing more people that are of different rate of mixed races sure. that are coming in. So that's what I'm saying is you're going to start seeing that down the road uh, as far as that goes. So good. All right, folks, we are Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We hit sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. As you can see, we're on day, we're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube, Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV. Go to heyvegastv.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can use all those channels to hear our interview chats with our special guests throughout the week. And remember, this Friday, we're going to have Hardline with the Super Bowl bets. Write to us if you have any questions or comments at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, buddy. I think that kind of wraps things up. I, I, I want to leave on a high note. I, I want to leave on this. He just passed away recently, but let's leave on this. I feel like Ray Liotta when you talk. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a yeah, yeah, great show. A lot of fun. Hey, um, we'll be have Hardline on. But this Saturday, we're going to have Jason Bennett, most likely. He's a Philly fanatic. One of the Philly fanatics, like Violator was, we had on the show. So that'd be a lot of fun going through some of his stories about the old vet. And, you know, the guy with Dan, Don McNabb and Randall Cunningham. And now nowadays, 
he gets to live this with, with Jalen Hurts. Isn't that great? Great stuff. Now, nope. looking forward to it. All right, pal. Bye, buddy.